Thank you, Matt, for leading us in singing. Well, as Deb mentioned earlier, we are kicking off the season of Advent by looking at hope. Now, Advent is this time in the church calendar of expectancy, of, of longing for the, the incarnation of Jesus Christ. It's really a time of waiting. Now, when you think of waiting, I know for me, it doesn't always conjure up positive thoughts or images. I think of a waiting in line. I mean, who ever wants to wait in line? It's the reason why going to amusement parks are so challenging. It's why we don't want to go to the BMV because you're just waiting in line and it feels like forever. I think of the waiting. I think of the waiting room at a doctor's office or dentist's office or a place. It's this, this in-between of where you are and where you want to be. It speaks to that tension of our longings and their ultimate fulfillment. Waiting is hard. It's challenging. But one of the things that we see is that God often works in those hard and challenging moments and places. God is very much present in the waiting. And He's very much shaping us to be more whole and loving and joyful and peaceful people in the in-between. And so I want to invite you this Advent season to, to follow along as we seek to bring these gospel truths into our life. And one of them, and what we're looking at this morning, is hope. Hope. And hope is actually, it encompasses this tension. Hope is two things. And we want to tease this out today, really briefly. Hope is our longing. It's what we desire. And hope is also what we are trusting in to bring that desire to fruition. Hope encompasses our dreams and longings and desires, but hope also encompasses that with which we entrust those longings and desires to be realized. You know, one, one great passage about hope that, that hits on these two realities is Romans chapter 15, verse 13. And I'll read the passage um, in it where the Apostle Paul is, is writing this, this amazing letter to the church in Rome. And, and in this letter, he's been talking a lot about hope. And he speaks about in these terms of creation's longing for salvation that only Christ can bring. He speaks about people longing for salvation. He speaks routinely of the hope of God. And then he, he really closes out this letter about hope, with hope. He puts it this way in verse 13. He says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in Him, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right here we see Paul unpacking what hope is. And there's really two realities that I want to press into this morning. First, as I mentioned, hope is what we long for. Hope encompasses our core longings and desires. He summarized it here by saying, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. We 
hope for, our longings are these desire for things that will bring joy or happiness and peace and security. Some of our hopes are personal in nature. In fact, I would, I would think that most of our hopes, most of our longings, most of our dreams are, are very personal. It's why later on in this very chapter, as Paul's closing out this book, he says, I hope to visit you. He's writing this letter to the church in Rome, and he says, I hope, I desire to come and be present with you, to visit you. Paul had a longing, a hope, a wish that he could be present with these people he's writing to. You know, all of us, to be human is to have hopes, it's to have longings, it's to have desires. Well, I think these are expressed by many of the reality TV programs we we see on television. They design these programs, not uh, randomly, <laughs> but they design, design them to appeal to certain hopes and desires that, that we all share. It's why we watch them. I think of uh, the reality shows around food. I mean, there are countless reality programs about baking and cooking and barbecue and Italian. I mean, you can pick any food and there's a show for that food. And it speaks to this longing that we have, this desire for a good dinner, this hope for, for, for food and good food. Think about the reality programs like The Bachelor, or Bachelorette, or countless programs that speak to our longing for love, this longing for romance, longing for relationship. I think of shows like Love It or List It, which speak to our longings for a home, a good home, and and the hopes of maybe either renovating a home or hopes for a new home or, or a more permanent home. There are these longings that we, we have, even just for the spaces where we live. Think of shows about uh, an incredible makeover or um, the biggest loser, which speak to our longing to, to look good. We want, we want people to long for us. We have these hopes of, of, of looking, looking the part, looking good. We have longings for adventure, which is why you have shows like Survivor. Longings for fame and material wealth, which is why you have uh, Housewives of New York City or the Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Right? These speak to our just vain pursuits. We all have longings. What do you long for? What do you want? What do you really, really want? Catchy phrase that I just came up with. We all have them. We all have things we want that we really, really want. What are they for you? What do you want for your life? What do you want for your kids if you have children? What do you want for your career? What do you want for your church? What do you want for your neighborhood? We all have hopes. Now, here's the thing why the gospel is really helpful here, because it teaches us to understand the things we look to for joy and peace, but to also to understand the longing underneath the longing. 
Again, pointing back to our text, Paul says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. You see, this isn't momentary fleeting happiness. This isn't momentary fleeting absence of conflict. This is actually the longing underneath those temporal longings. It's a longing for eternal joy, longing for eternal shalom, peace. This is the longing for ultimate flourishing. The longings beneath all the other longings. This is what we hope for. Now, again, the second part of hope is what we hope in. Who or what we trust to bring these longings to fruition. And for many of us, this is the tension of our lives. This is the tension that we live with, that waiting, the in-between of our longings and it being realized. Now, Paul, in the text, he, he's so God-centered. He begins, he brackets this hope with God. Look at our text. He says, now may the God of hope. You see, his connection of hope and God is so, so close that he even describes hope as a very outworking of God, the God of hope. May he fill you with all joy and peace as you believe in him so that you may abound in hope. And then look at how he closes it. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul is so God-saturated here. May the God of hope, he even sees flourishing as filling. It's a giving. May God give you. And then he closes it. May you abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now let's bring to light what we often hope in what we trust in, what we have faith in to bring us that joy and that real peace. You know, for many of us, we hope in things. Uh, Trinkets, toys, uh, cars, material possessions. the The verse of our life would be, Now may my things bring me hope. And fill me with all joy and peace as I believe in them so that I may abound in hope by the power of my possessions. This is how many of us live. We are living a life thinking that this longing for happiness and peace and joy can be achieved through our possessions. Now, of course, If we take a sober look at life, we know that's not the case. We know getting that new car, the new car smell wears off real quick. Getting that new phone, you hold that phone, you unwrap it, it's exciting. And before long, it's dated and you're just going to want an upgraded version. Many of us spend our whole life after the chase, the chase of new possessions, new things. It cannot bring that genuine, lasting joy and peace. Others of us, our hope is in our work and achievements. The verse of our life may be, Now may my work bring hope and fill me with all joy and peace as I believe in what I can do, so that I may abound in hope by the power of my 
accomplishments. You see, our longings, we believe, can be fulfilled by our ability to climb the corporate ladder to make it. To, to make it at the pinnacle of our career. To do better at others. It's a way of competition. Viewing success as merely winning. And now again, a sobering look at our life. We see that this only brings this constant competition, constant work. It only brings constant anxiety as we seek to regularly measure up to others. Others of us, we look at, we place our hope in a cause. We might say, now, my, now may my political camp bring hope and fill all with joy and peace as I believe in this politician so that I may abound in hope by the power of my vote. You know, every politician runs on hope. They're going to make America great. Some even put it just straight up in their campaign slogans. There's this belief that they are going to be the ones that bring the, the joy and the peace. For those of us, we might look to our marriage or kids or family, relationships. Now, may... My spouse bring hope and fill me with joy and peace as I believe in them so that I may abound in hope through the power of marital bliss. We look to marriage or relationship or kids as the source of hope. And friends, none of these can fulfill. The reason is because Paul understands and what many have understood for centuries that that Longing for joy, for true, eternal joy. That longing for true, eternal peace. It is a core human spiritual longing. All of our earthly longings, the longings for possessions and work and relational bliss, all of those are outworkings of something in here in our hearts. The desires for ultimate acceptance, love, joy, true, lasting, eternal shalom. We are spiritual. All of our relationships and works and habits are an overflow of who we are, our soul. And what Paul understands and what he reminds us of here is that underneath all that is a maker, God himself. And he is a God of hope. That he is a God who can who can bring to realization those true, lasting longings, that all of our present temporal longings are a foretaste of the ultimate longing for future and ultimate resurrection. A longing for the presence of God and the presence of God's people. As, he, as Paul writes about earlier in creation, longs, it groans for that day. And the incarnation is God's statement to the world that He is going to bring it about. This Christmas season, let's not get caught up in all the hoopla around gifts and material things and work and putting out the lights. Let's not allow all that to distract us, but let's allow it to enlighten us to the true core longings that we all have that only Jesus can bring. As we close out our time today, I want to invite you now to a time of prayerful reflection. 
I'm going to lead us in prayer, and then and then our time is going to end. And I just want to invite you right where you are, whether you're in your bed or dinner table or car or living room, to just take your time, to spend some time praying and bringing those longings to God and trusting those hopes to Him. I'm going to lead us in prayer, and I want to invite you to close when you're ready. Lord, thank you for being a God who gives us permission to hope. Often living in the tension of our disappointments, we seek to cover cover it, cover that shame, cover that disappointment by telling ourselves that we shouldn't dream, we shouldn't hope, that those are trivial, childish feelings and desires. God, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to hope and dream. Now, God, may we entrust them to you. May we entrust them in your loving care, knowing that you have the power and you will one day make all things new and our hope will be realized. But in that in-between, in that waiting, God, may you please through the power of your Holy Spirit, press that hope deeper into our bones. Be with us as we pray now.